I V M. You're listening to the Cricket Walla Chronicles with Ayaz Memon. This is Pooja from the Fan Garage and you're listening to the Cricketwala Chronicles with Ayaz. Hello Pooja. Hey Ayaz. T20 cricket, our favorite topic. Of course, it continues to baffle us on many counts over and over again. But, you know, there's, whilst it's the slugfest and, and the rock and roll cricket, you know, it, at, at some level, of course, it's very tactical in nature. It's very strategic and very instinctive, of course, out there on the field. What is, what, it, what makes T20 cricket so different from the ODIs? I think, Fundamentally, the brevity of the format is just 20 overs. So whatever you have to do, it has to be extremely fast-paced, including your thinking. And therefore, the risk factors are high. And uh, perhaps uh, even the, the fact that you know your moves or your tactics may fail can be very high also. It, there's no, you know, it's almost as if you can't plot out, you know, you can't plot out a, a major move Overs in advance. It has to be almost instantaneous. For let me let me kind of, try and kind of explain. Yeah. So, for instance, in a test match, you have a spinner comes on. He bowls a tight line in length. He starts varying his flight and oh, you know whatever right. whatever he has to do. Yeah. Then the field is set. He tries to entice the batsman into an error, and gradually it might take four or five overs for that. Yeah, and he move. has the liberty of ten overs. He has, he has the liberty. No, no, I'm talking even in test oh, cricket. Oh, test cricket, of course. You Sorry. know, yeah. you might. So there is there is a lot more time and options available for the captain, yeah. the bowler, to see his tactic through. Even there, it may or may not work. That's a different matter. Sure. But in T20 cricket, you don't have that freedom, that liberty. The tactics have to be implemented ASAP. And if they don't produce results almost ASAP, then you have to revise them. Right. You There's no playing out time, so it's to speak. It's a lot of thinking on your feet, actually, isn't it? And constant decision making by the captain and the bowler, of course, yeah. and also the batsman. Remember, yeah. a dot ball in T20 cricket is anathema. Right. And therefore, the batsman is also taking high risks. Absolutely, yes. So, his mortality rate is also higher yeah. in the T20 game. That's why you'll sometimes people are amazed or aghast, and those who are not well versed in the T20 format as yet, are team out. The entire team bowled out for. In 18 overs, in nine, how can it happen? Yeah. It never happens like that in... Te- in ODIs. ODIs yeah. or, or test cricket. Right. Or very rarely it happens. Yeah. But this is a frequent happening in, in T20 cricket. That's also because the batsmen are taking more liberties as they have to. There is no dot ball. The dot ball is actually a negation of any tactic. Absolutely. From the batting point of view. Yeah. So, there is a constant kind of a, you know, ding-dong battle between... The bat and ball, which is more pronounced, it is there in every cricket, in any, every format. Yeah, uh, it is the contest between bat and ball. Correct. But here, it's you know almost like the batsman and the bowler are straining at the leash. There's no great time to say, let me plot it over the next four five overs, or let me wear down this bowler with some defensive batting, and then once I'm on top of the bowling, I'll get after them. Yeah, that liberty does not exist. So time is of the essence. And yeah, number so, of deliveries. So clearly there's a lot of strategy at play from from both sides. And, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be entirely wrong to call it perhaps the cricketing version of speed chess. In a sense, yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are obviously, you know, the, the old school of thought believes that this is not, these may be tactics, but there's no strategy. Strategy may be long drawn. Yeah. As you see, you know, speed chess, you, you have to make very swift tactical moves. Yeah. What do you think might result in your favor? But in... 
the ordinary version of chess or the you know normal version of chess right. you plot moves in advance yes. strategically yeah so in that sense yes the parallel is correct but uh, i i think that in the t20 format there are a few things that are very different it's very high energy so there's an energy rush yeah so sometimes the tactic may become less consequential than the fact of showing aggression or energy and perhaps the also the ability to take quick decisions because and, the game is so fast and big risks yeah. and big risks yes. i think fundamental to this game is big risks at least from the batting point of view if not the bowling the bowlers still have to bowl with tight control and try and peg down the runs if not get a wicket right but the batting side certainly has to go you know for the big risks because otherwise if they get shackled then to come out of those shackles is is can be you know uh, either too late or almost impossible yeah but i mean i think it's often said that you know i mean if there were to ever be a dummy's guide to t20 cricket the the side batting first you know kind of needs to bat at an average of 9 to put up a healthy score at, of 180 9 is what we are saying now yeah because scores have gone up to 180 200 more frequently yes. than in the past when it started if you remember even the first ipl season very rarely the scores were above 160 correct i mean 140 you know? was considered a high defendable score so depending on the pitch and depending on the conditions and yeah. depending on the bowling attack obviously those are strong determinants in what the final score of the team batting would be would right. be but clearly what has happened uh, the way it's evolved that over the past 10 years say since t20 cricket has come into being and certainly after t20 world cup and ipl batsmen are taking bigger risks and getting away with it maybe because of the bats the shorter boundaries whatever you call it but the par score has certainly moved up right i think batsmen have become far more inventive because ultimately it is the play overtly by the batsmen as to how many runs i score batting first yeah. and how many runs i ask them to chase right you know so but the bowlers still have to restrict the runs absolutely yes. yes that being the prime motive and and Correct. single point agenda clearly and you know it's sadly for them they only have four overs within which to sort of or happily for them sometimes yeah. you get hit so badly <laughs> all over the park that you don't want another over and your captain keeps looking at you 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 know a bowler comes first over you can see 16 17 runs yeah. the bowler is actually not looking at the captain and hoping that he won't look at me again for another for another <laughs> over you know it uh, see the thing is from a bowler's point of view t20 is far more damaging than say odis and certainly more than test cricket because yeah. you are your reputation can be in tatters almost instantly absolutely yeah so ben stokes yeah bowled the final over of the t20 world cup final to carlos brethwaite who's actually a lower order batsman he's yeah. not a top top order batsman that's right yeah was a powerful hitter yeah but ben stokes in the semi final had bowled a marvelous final couple of overs yeah he brought the run rate or he he actually increased the run rate for the asking rate for the team batting uh, you know chasing that is new zealand yeah and uh, he was a hero and therefore he was the automatic choice to, to be bowl given the final over in the final, the final over yeah. and you know what happened in the final over <laughs> carlos brethwaite hit him for four sixes absolutely so when yeah. he was hit for the first six he said okay you know this happens right. second six you know he starts disbelieving he starts rubbing his eyes in disbelief the yeah. third six He doesn't know where to hide. He doesn't want to complete the yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's Ben Stokes, the leading all-rounder in the world currently. Yeah. So imagine the plight of other bowlers. So therefore, when things are not going well, and generally, 
it the bowlers come under scrutiny far more than anybody else yes because uh, you know their job is not to give away i mean if you say that the power score is 9 runs per over if you give more than 36 in four overs you've actually flopped yeah you know unless you picked up three or four wickets right so the tendency of the bowlers is to try and be restrictive but that also is changing now more and more they believe that and rightly so that they need to get wickets because that even if you concede a few runs like it's happened in odis originally when odi started the attitude and the approach of the bowlers was restrict don't you know it doesn't if you bowl 10 overs for 30 runs you've taken no wickets you've done a damn good job yeah then that thinking changed you know the approach changed in a one day game now if you bowl 10 overs you've given away even 55 runs but if you picked up four or five wickets your team is more likely to win right so wicket taking has become important even in odi cricket earlier as i mentioned earlier that in test cricket you would plot and plan even fast bowlers you know when you open with the new ball and you kind of try to seduce the batsman outside the off stump to get an edge yes you have to keep bowling a tight line get the ball to move over a little bit it may take 3 4 5 overs yeah. till you get the edge yeah. may get an indiscre- indiscretion from the batsman yeah in limited overs cricket that was narrowed down you had only 10 overs right and in here it's narrowed down even further it's only 4 overs only 4 overs exactly so if you're not an instant success at least in bottling up the runs then you know you're letting the team down so to speak but then you know i mean t20 tends to be more skewed and more more in favor of the batsman yes there are reasons for that uh, some of which i don't agree uh, you know for instance and this is more pronounced in the ipl to be honest yeah uh, that the boundaries have shrunk generally in the ipl you'll find boundaries between 65 and 70 yards not 75 yards that's or right. 80 yards yeah. Yeah. you know that's because the tendency of the administrators has been to make the game more attractive and by that they mean let's see more boundaries and sixes because that's let's keep the audiences entertained audiences and also t- television audiences because Correct. that becomes kind of a spectacular show absolutely uh, you know a, a high, it's a highly nuanced game a, a left arm spinner or a outswing bowler or a leg spinner beating the bat by a couple of inches hmm. is a magnificent you know manifestation of what cricket is all about but it's not a great spectacle yeah for the viewers sitting in the stands and perhaps not even for people who are watching it at home on television unless the expert tells you just exactly unless you're I mean, talked through unless that unless you're talked through that yeah. and now of course there are slow mos and you know replays and all which accentuate that absolutely but yeah. the thrill of watching a batsman stepping out and hitting a six remains unmatched absolutely yeah the only parallel i can draw which comes very close to that kind of a thrill is a spinner enticing a batsman down the pitch beating him in the air getting him stumped yeah that's fantastic to watch yeah or a great catch you know somebody slashes hard and a great catch taken at point yeah diving catch those yeah. are spectacular moments they stand alone yes irrespective you know it's not linked necessarily to the batting but otherwise batsmen and they've dominated the game in perception in you Always, know time yeah. in memorial correct what's happened in t20 is that boundaries have shrunk bats have got better missiles are traveling 65 70 yards easily yeah so what would otherwise have been a catch on the fence ends up becoming a six correct and therefore it gets loaded more and more in favor of the batsman right and against the bowler that i think needs to be redressed or addressed i think they need to even out make it more equal for the bowlers also so that it doesn't become a very lopsided thing i mean ultimately as a viewer and somebody who enjoys watching say t20 cricket yeah. if the scores come down from 180 to 160 but the competition between bat and ball is better i would still take that yeah 
rather than take scores of 180 which is going to become 9190 and 200 and 220 even in odi is the par score has now almost you know 300 seems to be almost you know an everyday occurrence correct that's right I mean, in fact, earlier reaching 250 was a task. Absolutely, and and chasing that was an even bigger so task. So that's because bats have become better. The field placings differ. Right. Uh, so I think that to get the bowlers a little more involved in the game, even tactically, there is no point for a spinner to try and flight the ball and try and beat the batsman in the air, get him to miscue a shot, and then to see it go for a six. Yeah. That's you know very demoralizing, and ultimately in the where the context contest is concerned. it becomes lopsided the scales tilt more heavily in favor of the batsman which i think needs to be addressed but also you know i mean typically a bats a good batsman and if he's in rich vein of form as you say you know he could actually last out the entire innings or a good 10 12 overs we've seen that happen absolutely whereas a bowler gets only four four overs to sort of make a mark i mean so it's really clearly very heavily loaded towards the batsman well that's it? the that's the problem of limited overs cricket that even in odis the bowler had only 10 overs yeah. in test matches a bowler can bowl from one end right through right you know there have been bowlers who bowled 60 70 overs spinners generally yeah in the mat- in, in the course of an innings the idea of limited overs was you express the bowling attack through various people i mean there have been arguments earlier also that if it's a 50 over game why can't one guy bowl 25 overs and leave it to the captain to decide who else will bowl or just two over two bowlers bowling 25 25 overs each yeah but there is a humdrumness to it which may not find appeal for those who are anyway moving away from test cricket yeah you know seeing somebody bowl a maiden over after maiden over after maiden over in test cricket also has its you know fatigue factor well i mean whilst that could be magic in terms of pure cricketing uh, prowess from a spectator point of view correct and from even from a commentary point of view actually no commentary apart from a spectator ultimately commentary is you know uh, beholden to the spectator yes you know if there no viewers and there no spectators <laughs> there's no point of the commentary right so i think for 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 the spectators obviously see sometimes a contest somebody bowling 5 6 maiden overs on the trot in a test match is great to watch but if it is 20 over maiden overs then perhaps the problem is with the batsman Yeah, because ultimately the job of the batsman is to score runs. It's not to be shackled. Yes, in any format. Correct. So limited overs cr- cricket took that as a defining element and said, we can't let it get into a, you know, a, a sphere where it gets boring for the viewer, which is one of the problems why Test cricket was floundering. Yes, and therefore restricted number of overs. But from a batsman's point of view, it's difficult to. I mean, you know, conceivably you can say. you have 10 overs to bat and then you go and make as many as you can yeah but what if he is there for 10 overs and doesn't get the strike gets the strike only for five balls so yeah. there are illogics to there's a there are, there's an illogical element to how much you can restrict the batsman you can restrict the bowler yeah we'll take a short break over here ayaz but we'll come back to discuss more on the t20 strategy from a bowler's point of view Hi this is Pooja from the Fan Garage and we're back listening to the Cricket Wala Chronicles with Ayaz discussing of course the strategic and tactical approaches taken by both batsmen and bowlers in in T20 cricket coming from the bowler's perspective would it be entirely um, uh, right to say that fast bowlers and spinners are more effective perhaps in T20 than medium pacers well you know look i think uh, earlier the feeling was that the fast bowlers might be a problem because you get an edge you get four runs difficult yeah. to protect the runs yeah you know i think what has come through very clearly in the t20 game is that 
which ever kind of bowler you are whether you are a fast bowler or a medium pacer or a spinner you have to have multiple variations if you don't have variations then you're in for slaughter yes the and, minute the batsman senses you and often we see you, bowlers you know bowling out them. a different delivery in each ball in i mean one not, over. not just each ball for instance somebody like dwayne bravo who's been enormously successful yeah. in t- t20 cricket has probably 12 variations and he's got only six <laughs> balls to bowl correct you know so they they have to you have to work a lot in the uh, in the, in the nets and try and master at least those bowlers uh, those deliveries because otherwise you're going to have a problem see the more t20 that is played more and more batsmen are reading the bowlers better and yeah. therefore you bowlers need to keep evolving and vice versa well, absolutely yeah bowlers trying to outthink and outfox the so batsmen so you got really. now you know uh, holding the seam up cross seam bouncers which are of various you know speeds velocity yeah, yeah. bouncers which are of different lengths Correct. sometimes you have a bouncer which is like just loops over the batsman's shoulder so to speak yes. but he's unprepared yeah because he didn't anticipate he thought perhaps he didn't see that, that one you know, coming this is, clearly yeah. this is a fast bowler who's going to bowl at me at least at 135 140 he's actually bowled at 110 but it's a bouncer yeah or at the a, wide yorker for that matter or the wide yorker which is not wide enough to be called a wide right but you know leaves the batsman kind of with cert- no room to sort of no take the to, shot yeah exactly so and the yorkers that are at the end the carrom ball yes. and the experiment by spinners we're using their fingers in different ways right. in trying to get at least you know baffle the batsman yeah, as to what he might be trying Sunil to do Narayan is, is so Neil Narayan is there yeah. R Ashwin sometimes it can backfire yes. R Ashwin you know you you experiment too much it can backfire till uh, you master yes. you know ultimately experimentation is a process of learning and you know kind of solidifying your skills so from a bowler's point of view certainly and i think fundamentally it's this the bowler has to kind of outthink the batsman even more than the batsman has to outthink the bowler yeah in terms of thought process i think because the bowlers at the receiving end in terms of batsman still got a bat in his hand and can you know he's he's supposed to be the aggressor That's the right. bowler has to outthink the batsman as anticipate what he might do yeah. be a, a step ahead so to speak and that's and also with in consonance with the captain of course yes because that's how you'll set the field whether to protect the boundary or to get somebody out or or whatever it takes yeah i mean, i was in fact going to come to that i mean the captain is far more involved in a t20 game you know because there's so much quick decision making instinctive thinking intuitive approach yes i think intuitive approach is a nice phrase to use because uh, ultimately what do you rely on you know <laughs> and it may not necessarily work sometimes it works brilliantly i mean even now there's a there's speculation there's debate there's a lot of talk as to why mahendra singh dhoni chose joginder sharma yeah <laughs> to bowl the last over in the 2007 world cup which india won last over yes can you imagine he's a rookie yeah it's india versus pakistan it's misbahul haq on strike who's played a terrific knock to bring pakistan that close it's the last over of the match yeah and he gives the ball to joginder sharma there's something that is going on in his mind right. some people critics then reckoned that there was nothing in his mind that's yeah. why he gave it to i mean if the result joginder had gone sharma. the other way it would have been death knell so for that decision that's making that's the that's the call which the batsman uh, which the captain has to make correct it was almost a why almost it was an all or nothing move absolutely you know so you play your gut yeah and it worked if it had bombed then we don't know what might have happened what how the career trajectory would have been for <laughs> so many people concerned absolutely yeah so i think and that happens in you know this is the most melodramatic example one can give but it happens at every stage you know the decision to bowl a spinner first up is a call is a mighty call to take yeah you don't know how the pitch is going to behave 
especially if you're playing overseas or outside of your conditions. Mahindra Singh Dhoni playing in England, leading a team in England or Australia or the West Indies or wherever in yeah. a T20 match Correct. may not be as familiar with the pitches and the conditions as he's in India. Absolutely. He may yeah. be a very good reader of the pitch, yeah. but it, there's still the element of risk is higher. And therefore, he's thinking through something. He's planning and saying, if Ashwin can get me these two overs, maybe a break, then this is what I can do with the rest of my bowling. But then isn't that more of an experimentative approach also? It has to be. Yeah. I think the you can plot and plan as much as you want you know, outside of the boundary. And right. this is a shorter game. Therefore, yeah. a lot more planning goes into it than say in test matches. Test matches, you might have a general broad-based planning. Yes. In ODIs, it's a little more comprehensive. But here, it might be far more specific in the T20 format. Right. It's the closest you can think of to the other team sports like hockey and football where the managers, the coaches, and the ca- in fact, in the other sports, the captains don't have a role to exactly play. Exactly, my point, yeah. But here, the captain still is the decisive influence and he may just change his strategy after the first ball is bowled. Right. And he'll say, we've all misread the pitch. Now we have to, or the first overs bowl, and he says, hey, I thought that I'm going to have spinners bowling the first four, five overs. I'm going to change my tactic. Yeah. I'm going to bring in my fast bowler or my medium pacer or whatever. Or I'm going to change ends. Or, I mean, these are all things that exist in cricket at every level and in every format. It's just that the pace of decision making is in far, T20 in is T20. far more expedited. Far more expedited. And, yet, and of course, then the, you know, the importance of the death overs the significance that they can play and and they have, in fact, to the result of a match. Correct. So, sometimes death overs is very crucial because that's when batsmen take the most liberties. If they're 100, they'll want to reach 150. If they're 150, they want to reach 220. Correct. Say, in the last five overs. That's, of course, for the side batting first. The side batting first. Yes. Yes. So, if you're fielding first in your death overs, if you've got somebody at 100 with five overs remaining, yeah. then your attempt is to like, try and restrict it to 140, yeah. not 150 or 160 or 180. Correct. And therefore, how you manipulate your bowlers in that period and how the bowlers bowl, the field you set, all becomes very crucial. Yes. You know, so I, 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 there is a constant byplay of tactics between the bowler and the captain yeah. and the fielders oh. and certainly the senior pros. Likewise, the batsmen, when they're in the middle... Apart from what you may have planned earlier, how things have transpired may be very different from what you had thought Absolutely, sitting in yeah. the dugout. Yeah. And so, for instance, you know, which is one of my favorite instances of how tactics can change mid-course in the middle of a match. Yeah. You had against Australia and against Pakistan, Mahindra Singh Dhoni and Virat Kohli batting. Right. And these were tense matches. India versus Pakistan, India versus Australia. Both Always, of them very yeah. tense. Not easy to get runs. And on a World Cup stage. In a World so, Cup stage. And yeah. Mahindra Singh Dhoni batting means you've already lost a few wickets. Right. You don't want to lose one more. Absolutely. Kohli yeah. is in great form. Yeah. He's not the he's not Chris Gale. He's not the big six hitter. Yeah. Which we saw later in the IPL. <laughs> but in the World Cup, he wasn't. And yes. in fact, he said that. Yeah. So he's a boundary hitter. They're choking his boundaries. And they decided that they would make up for the lack of boundaries or the lack of sixes by running hard, putting pressure on the fielders and getting those runs so that the run rate, the asking run rate doesn't climb higher than what you can achieve. Right. So... And we saw some extremely quick running fantastic. between the wickets. Yes. You know, and obviously it requires a lot of fitness, of understanding course, and, and all that. Yeah. So instead of having two boundaries and a single in an over, you had, you know, four twos. Yeah. And maybe a single. You still got nine runs. Absolutely. It took a lot more effort yeah. But on the part made, of the batsman. On the part yes. of the batsman. Yeah. But they did that to disorient the fielding side, mess up their, you know, the rival team's approach in field setting yeah. and in bowling. And therefore, tactically, it paid off. In both the matches, India won. 
Yeah, of course, yes. That we were hit out of the final by the West Indies who went on to win the tournament is yeah. a different story. Correct. But I'm saying, so this is very clear as to how the tactic can change in the middle. But that tactic might not work with a Chris Gale. <laughs> because he's stiff. His body is stiff. Yeah. He's not a good runner between wickets. Absolutely not, yes. This he's is a only, power hitter. He's a, a big power hitter. hitter. Yeah. This is possible when you've got players like De Villiers and Kohli. Yeah. But not De Villiers and Gale or De Villiers or uh, Kohli and Gale. Yeah. At that point in time, the tactic will be for Gale to go for the big shots. Correct. Kohli to perhaps, you know, hold one end up till, yeah. you know, he also needs to go for the big shots. Right. And so, therefore, it's very dynamic. The tactical play is very, very dynamic. And it's not something that finds any reflection in, uh, in, 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 in test cricket, certainly. Because there... The whole tactical approach of the batsman, even when they are running, even there they'll minimize the risk by running between the wickets, not taking the second so readily. Yeah. Because they've got time on their side. Yes. You won't have guys hitting the ball, you know, helter skelter from both sides of the pitch because there's no need to. There's it's a five day game. The risk quotient has to be brought down in T twenty. Whether you like it or not, the risk quotient has to keep getting higher and higher, especially as you're approaching the climax of your inning. That's true. But, but then, would you say that, how important is it then, of course, we've seen the strategy from the batsmen and the bowlers. I mean, fielding plays play a big uh, plays a big role in the match, isn't it? I mean, saving runs is, of course, topmost. And we've seen some brilliant um, fielding catches and, and dives. Pooja, I think that's, the you know, that's become fundamental to the game. Yes. It's not something that you watch uh, when it's being, fielders are being put into in their positions because that's not what the camera shows. The camera will focus on the batsman, batsman talking to each other yeah. or bowler getting instructions from the captain or setting his that's field. Right. It's yeah. minimal. Yeah. But especially in the T20 game where every ball, a dot ball is like mana from the heavens for a bowler. <laughs> for the bowler, a yes. Side. yes. A maiden over is... is a, I mean, like the biggest jackpot that biggest a bowler jackpot. could have got for his side. So, fielding becomes extraordinarily important in the context of a T20 game. Absolutely. And let me tell you how it also works tactically. Yeah. And this is interesting. Perhaps there's a lesson there also for players. Yeah. So, Royal Challengers Bangalore in this season of the IPL, barring the first three games or maybe four games, didn't play Sarfraz Khan. Right. Virat Kohli took the decision not to play Sarfraz Khan, who's otherwise a very inventive player. Yes. Successful the previous season, Absolutely. didn't do too badly in the yes. first four matches. Yeah. There were reasons for it. I mean, people said, oh, he was being disciplined and all that. I don't believe that. Even I thought that initially. But that may, even if it was there, that was a marginal decision. The bigger decision was he's not fit. Right. In the field, he's costing me 10, 12 runs. Right. For an 18, 19 year old, that's unacceptable. Yeah. He's a very good runner between the wickets, but he's not like Dhoni and Kohli. Right. You know, he could make the difference by. To a team's fortunes by not being able to take one that one or two extra runs. Yeah, which otherwise you can be slightly liberal with in an ODI, but Correct. clearly in T20 it needs to be so tight. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So in a test match scenario, the fantastic temperament of a batsman or his ability to play great strokes might be seen as a great bonus vis-a-vis -vis perhaps a little you know slackness in the fielding. I can hide him at third man. Deep mid-wicket. That's true. You yeah. know, deep point. Yeah. Because I value the runs he'll bring me. In a T20, that becomes difficult. Yeah. And also, I mean, we've seen most T20 matches, the margin of victory is so minimal. It's exactly. A, it's a run, if not two. I mean, a 
30 40 run victory is like an innings victory absolutely yeah. that margin is so big that means yeah. the team has been completely outplayed so Usually, any any runs lost or slipped on the field can cost the side correct so the margin of victory is generally 10 runs or less yes and it's in the second last or last over that you find the finishes that yes. means how close it is yeah you have to be you know apart from the tension of it these things become very crucial yeah. the fitness of a player even of a batsman if you can't you know suppose you're batting 20 overs and you can't run between the wickets one of the great things that kohli showed this season was the or and de villiers the stamina they had of course, in match I mean, after match after match they're batting 10 12 15 overs in the ipl yeah and kohli used to be hardly out of breath <laughs> you know yes which showed you know i mean you, that you really need to be on the top you need of to your be on fitness top of the game. so yes. from a captain's point of view that's also a tactical decision to take i may rest one of my key batsmen yeah. because he may give me 20 runs but he may cost me 12 runs right so my net gain is 8 runs eight i take runs. a less known player right who may give me 15 runs but he may be 8 10 runs plus in the field so my net gain is 25 runs not 8 yeah you know that's a kind of a well yeah i mean clearly but you know we we've, we we've, i mean of course we've talked batsmen and bowlers and fielders but in my mind the fundamental question remains especially in t20 cricket when you win a toss do you bat or you bowl first that remains in any any format yeah. whether you bat or bowl first <laughs> but more so in t20 because you know i mean you've no i think there are two there are various things which come into play and i'll tell you one is of course the conditions so for instance you get into a ground you find that the conditions are overcast you followed the met report and you you know or the met met report tells you that these clouds or this overcast conditions will pass in 2 hours yeah why would you bat first you would bowl first or if you know that the Met office is saying that there is likelihood of showers later in the day, hmm. perhaps overcast conditions, then why would you want to bat second and take that risk where the bowlers will get more help? But clearly for the side that's batting or bowling first, yeah. first they don't they really don't know how to sort of pace themselves or what sort of bowling no, attack no, to put in You have to place. wait. Yeah. You see, the thing is, you by and large, now players or captains know what the par score is. Unless the pitch is so poor, so poor, the conditions are so daunting. Yeah. You know, so conditions make a big difference. The other thing is how captains read the pitch. And then, of course, their own personal preferences. Some some captains prefer to chase. Some captains prefer a total behind them and they would be happier defending. That's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As a rule of thumb, it used to be said in, in at least in test match cricket, win the toss and bat. <laughs> yeah. Make first use of a, of a pitch which has been freshly laid. That's true. And then we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, that rule used to apply when there were uncovered pitches. Now all pitches are covered. That's true. Yes, I mean there's so much so, of technology that has come. So a in lot this. of things change, and you know I can tell you an example, and it's from Test cricket hmm. that India were playing England at Lords in 1990. Yeah, Azharuddin was the captain, and Graham Gooch was the English captain. Mm-hmm. Azharuddin won the toss and put England into bat because there was you know it was a grey sky. Right. It was overcast, hmm. and it. You know, everything suggested that it would help the bowlers. But the English weather is fickle. Yes, don't we all know? <laughs> the the clouds passed in about 35 or maybe 40 minutes, mm. you know. And Graham Gooch went on to score 333. And England scored a mountain of runs. Yes, India had got a chance to get him out at 33. You know, he edged uh, Sanjeev Sharma, the fast bowler, behind yeah. the wickets. Morey dropped the catch. That was the end of India's chances. Yeah. Now, Azharuddin, had he tracked, had he known more about English weather... Because that was also his first tour to England. Correct. Or maybe his second tour. Yeah, first yeah. as a captain. Yeah. Uh, maybe his decision would have been different. Right. But that's something he's lived and learned. Yes. Or any captain or the players in that team would have lived and learned. But your first, the first uh, impulse was 
overcast conditions, bowlers will get help. Let me bowl. Yeah. So things can work, things can rebound, things can boomerang. All kind of things can happen. I think ultimately, most successful captains over a period of time, when you look at their body of work, they've been able to overcome. the handicaps and the limitations imposed by conditions and the pitches because either they've got they've been blessed with a very good team yeah or they've been able to tide over these handicaps through strength of personality and by being able to motivate the teams to do better yeah look we've got stuck the ball swinging around the conditions are not helping us i don't want a loss of wicket i'm talking of a test match scenario but yeah. in a you know t20 scenario shut shop make sure you don't lose the wickets we'll see what happens in the second session yeah then you have to have players who show the discipline absolutely yeah. and the temperament yeah so you know these are all multiple things that can influence the course of a match but yeah you're right that ultimately it all boils down to the captain in his decision making not just what he does after winning the toss yes. but what he does at every stage remember this is a unique sport after every delivery bold in cricket is a discrete event in itself it's sta- it's a stand alone right a captain can ask the bowler to bowl or the bowler might choose to bowl over the wicket next ball round the wicket the next ball again over the wicket and round the wicket and yeah. all he has to do is inform the umpire right which is not possible in any of the sports yeah, so there's decision making involved with almost every delivery that's true yeah and that gets even more pronounced in t20 yes because there's a constant dialogue so to speak on and, the field and and, a, and a immediate and discernible consequence of every delivery bold right if it's blocked and no run is given the pressure is on the batting side right if the batsman hits it for four runs or six runs the pressure is on the fielding side right so there's a constant you know uh, by play it's very dynamic it's very demanding yes but uh, of course you know one must also sort of keep in mind that it's such a new and young form of the game i mean and as we discussed yes it's it's only a decade or so old uh, and it would be fascinating to see over the years how the statistics stack up and how actually if there ever can be defining tactics in Absolutely. this form of game so that's something that we shall all sort of be happy to sit on the sidelines and watch but Thank you for listening in. Uh, signing out for the day, Cricketwala Chronicles with Ayaz. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pooja. Pleasure as always. Cricketwala Chronicles is available on iTunes, Audio Boom, YouTube, the IBM Podcast app, and many other podcasting apps that you may like.